Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I love what I feel in the house of God tonight, and uh, I don't want to ever take for granted that the God of all glory is here. The master of the universe, the almighty God of heaven and earth, the creator is in this place. The same spirit that moved upon the face of the waters in the beginning of time is moving in here today. The same voice that spoke, let there be light, is speaking to our hearts today. The same hands that reached down in the dust of the earth and created Adam is reaching down and touching our hearts. So let's don't ever take it for granted that the God of heaven is here. So once again, would you just lift your hands to him and just praise him. Say, God, thank you for spending time with us right now. Thank you, God, for coming down and talking to us and touching us and being with us tonight. What a great God. What a great God. I'm delighted to be back here at this wonderful church and love and appreciate every one of you. Thank you for this. It's a great honor to be here. And I give honor to Bishop and Sister McGee. Love and appreciate them and their family. And to my dear friends, Pastor and Sister Don McGee. And I love Brother Paul and Sister Don McGee. They are tremendous, tremendous people. Uh, what a preacher he is. And, uh, and uh, like I've already told, I won't tell all the stories of us growing up together and Brother Andrew back there and uh, I remember scaring him on, on uh, camping trips when we were kids and and uh, I didn't scare him enough apparently but um, but we uh, we go way back and I love and appreciate this family give honor to them all the saints of God you can be seated tonight I'm doing something a little different than how I usually preach but if you'll give me just a few moments I'm going to set a foundation preach for a few minutes and then let God move in our life there is a word found in our English vocabulary that has different meanings the most familiar meaning of that word is simply this any various type of headgear that is worn by a monarch as a symbol of sovereignty often made of precious metal and ornamented with valuable gems this version of that word is found many times in your Bible Exodus 39 and 3 says that God directs Moses to make the high priest a holy crown of pure gold and engrave on it holiness unto the Lord. In Leviticus 21 and 12, the Bible calls that same crown that the high priest wears the crown of the anointing oil of his God that is upon him. In 2 Samuel 12 and 30, King David and his army defeat Rabbah and David takes what the Bible says was a solid gold jewel-covered Crown. If you study that out, it, that crown would have been worth over $2 million in today's money system. But David takes that crown off the king's head and places it upon his own head. In 2 Kings 11 and 12, they put the king's crown on the head of the king's son and they made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and they said, God save the king. In Esther 2 and 17, they set the royal crown upon Esther's head, and they made her the queen. 
In Esther 8 and 15, Mordecai, her uncle, was rewarded with what the Bible says, a great crown of gold for his loyalty to the king. Proverbs has much to say about crowns. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. The crown of the wise is their riches. The hoary head or the gray head is a crown of glory. And it amazes me how my crown's getting bigger and thinner all at the same time tonight. Children's children or grandchildren are the crown of old men. Song of Solomon 3 and 11 tells us that King Solomon was crowned with a crown by his mother Bathsheba, which tells us tonight that just because you've made mistakes doesn't mean that you still can't do royal things in God's kingdom. And I stand here a witness of that unmerited mercy tonight. Isaiah warns us about the crown of pride and teaches us that the Lord of hosts will be for us a crown of glory and that we will be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. The New Testament also speaks about crowns. Paul tells the church in Corinth, every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to attain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. He tells a young Timothy, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. James says this, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. Peter wouldn't be outdone. He said, when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. John, in his revelation, he says many things about crowns. My favorite is Revelation 4, 10 and 11. The four and 20 elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and they worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and they cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. But that isn't so much the type of crown that I really want to talk about this evening. The type of crown that I want to talk about is also found in the Bible but has a different meaning and that meaning is this, the top of one's head. Made, made most familiar in the famous nursery rhyme, Jack and Jill went up the hill. Poor Jack fell down and what did he do? He broke his crown, he broke his head and unfortunately Jack's not the only one walking around with a broken head nowadays. But that, that version of the word crown is also found in your Bible. 2 Samuel 14, 25, In all of Israel, there was none to be so much praise as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his foot, even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. Job 2 and 7, So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and he smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown, or his head. Sometime last year, I was actually preaching in Potts Camp, Mississippi, and Saturday night turned into Sunday morning, and about 3 a.m. I felt led by the Spirit of God. I felt that gentle nudge of the Holy Ghost to wake up about 3 a.m., and I felt led by His Spirit to look up the Word that had changed our life. 
The word that has struck fear in our world. The word that was on everyone's lips and on social media and on every news outlet. And that word is coronavirus. And if you look up that word corona in its Greek and Latin origin, it means crown. And if you look up the word virus in the Latin origin, it means poison. So coronavirus literally means crown poison or head poison or more importantly tonight, mind poisoning. And I think that coronavirus will do more damage than just attacking people's bodies. But I believe the enemy is going to use it and has been using it for over a year now to poison our minds with fear, doubt, discouragement, depression, and anxiety. He's using the manipulation of the media and fear-mongering to poison our minds and cause fear to grip us tonight. And I think that the enemy would rather kill people mentally than kill them physically because he knows how God speaks to us. Now, your, your bishop and your pastor, they're on a whole different spiritual level than me. I'm sure every morning they hear a booming voice from heaven that tells them what time to get up and what outfit to put on and whether they have Cheerios or Fruit Loops for breakfast. And no, I'm not talking about their wives either that are bossing them around. But that's not how God speaks to me. God speaks to me as a still, small voice, as a thought in my mind. And the enemy knows that if he can get our minds poisoned and our minds polluted, we won't hear the voice of God. And if we have ever needed to hear the crystal clear voice of the chief shepherd, it's right now. So I refuse to let the enemy poison my mind. I refuse to let the enemy distract and discourage my mind tonight. I'm not trying to discredit coronavirus. It's not a hoax. It's real. We all know people that's had it. I'm sure several of you have had it. We know people that have been on ventilators and, and have, have walked out of the hospital. I know people that's died from it. We, we've all been affected. But I want you to understand, not every one of us in here tonight are going to be affected physically by it. Not every one of us are, are going to be on ventilators. Not every one of us are going to have our bronchial tubes and our air passageways and our lungs. Uh, and we're not going to uh, 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 blocked. And we're not going to have our, our taste and our smell leave us. But every single person in here tonight has been affected mentally this last year. The enemy is attacking us like he has never attacked us in our minds before. I heard an alarming statistic the other day that, that uh, clinical depression is at a 700% increase from this time last year. Because the enemy is attacking us. He wants us to be gripped with fear tonight. And the reason he's trying to distract our minds with fear is because he knows that fear and faith cannot coexist. They work in opposition of each other. David, when he stepped out at a freshly anointed teenage boy to fight an almost 10 foot tall champion by the name of Goliath, that was faith operating in David's life. David never thought he could do that, but faith said he could. Chapters later, we find that same David. He's running from King Saul. Not operating in faith anymore, but operating in fear. 
And now we find him doing something he never thought he would do. And he's living with the Philistines. See, that's the difference in fear and faith. Faith makes you do things you never thought you could do. And fear makes you do things you never thought you would do. And I've seen it happen over this last year. People that I never thought would quit church have quit church. People that have been faithful their entire lives aren't faithful anymore. People that were givers aren't giving anymore. Why? Because crown poison is trying to destroy God's people with fear and poison and manipulation tonight. The enemy wants to keep us from attaining our eternal crown. The incorruptible crown will, that we want to attain will turn into a corruptible crown if we let crown poison distract us. There won't be a crown of righteousness laid up for us because we won't love his appearing if crown poison comes at us. We won't be able to endure temptation when we are tried and we won't receive a crown of life that is promised to them that love him if we allow crown poison to destroy our minds. We won't receive that crown of glory that fadeth not away when the chief shepherd appears because crown poison will destroy our minds and our purpose in this life. Paul's word to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and 13 is being revealed right before our very eyes. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. If you're expecting this world to get any better, if you're waiting for this world to get better, I've got bad news for you tonight. This world is not getting better. It, Paul said it over 2,000 years ago. It's going to get worse and worse. And here's why. Because they will be deceiving and being deceived. What is going on in our world right now? People are being deceived. They are believing lies. They are calling light darkness and darkness light. Why? They're calling evil good and good evil. Why? Because they are deceived in their mind. And that's where deception takes place is in our mind. And the most dangerous thing about being deceived is that you don't even know you're deceived. Somebody can present you with crystal clear facts and the truth and because you are deceived, you will believe a lie. God help us not to be deceived in this world that we're living in. Help me to keep my mind pure. Help me to keep my mind from being poisoned. I want to keep my mind on him today. But I don't want to leave you hopeless this evening. Coronavirus did not sneak up on God. Jesus isn't sitting on a throne in heaven nervously chewing his fingernails away. He's not sipping on a bottle of Maalox trying to drown his worries. He had a plan for coronavirus over 2,000 years ago. We know what happened. He went to a hill called Calvary, which ironically enough was the place of the skull. And there he died for our sins. And, and we know what happened before that. He, he went to the whipping post. He was beaten. Uh, the stripes he took on his back were for our healing. And I don't believe it was just a physical healing, but it's a mental healing. It's an emotional healing. And, and, and he did that for us. But there's something that happened in between the whipping posts and the cross. They're, they're there, and, and this Roman soldier reaches down in this thorn bush. 
and he pours, pulls out a big wad of thorns and he begins plating, the Bible says. He begins creating, he begins making this makeshift crown of thorns as a sign of mockery. And they place it on the head of Jesus. Now, now some theologians believe that those thorns were poisonous thorns. So Jesus literally took a crown of poison for my crown poisoning tonight. And as those two to three inch thorns pierced the brow of our Savior, as the blood began to run down his face, I'm sure it was painful and I'm sure it was embarrassing because it was a mockery. But you know what I think he was doing? I think he was looking down to the year 2020 and looking down to the year 2021 and he was saying this is painful and this hurts but I know my people are going to be attacked in their minds and they're going to need healing for their thoughts. They're going to need healing for their heads and so I'm going to allow them to wound my head so that they can be healed in theirs and I've got good news for you tonight if you came here battling fear and anxiety and doubt and fear and you've been poisoned in your mind you don't have to walk out of here the same way you walked in there is victory in this place tonight there is healing for your mind in this house Matter of fact, if you study it out, you can consult Dr. Google later. But many physical ailments can be attributed to mental, emotional, and spiritual problems. It's been documented. There are people in hospital beds. There are people in nursing homes. There's people in hospice care right now that are dying physically. And the doctor said if they would just change their mind, if they would let their minds be healed, they would be healed. I just heard a story not long ago of a doctor. I don't remember his name, but they call this man in whenever other doctors have given up hope. And this doctor will walk into a hospital bedroom and he'll look at a patient laying there on a bed and he'll grab their chart and he'll flip through their chart. He'll set the chart down. He looks at the, person, the, the patient laying on the bed who the doctors have said that there's no hope. And he looks at them and he says, you know what? I've looked at your chart. I'm Dr. So-and-so. I've looked at your chart. And I know everyone else has said there's no hope and they've given up on you. But I think you can make it. I think there's still hope. I think that you can walk out of this hospital healed. And you know what? 78% of the time, this, these patients walk out of the hospital healed when other doctors have given up on them. That doctor doesn't change their medicine. He doesn't give them anything else. He just starts changing their thought process. And when their thoughts begin to change, their bodies begin to change. If we can be healed in our mind, no wonder Paul called Jesus Christ the head of the body, the head of the church. Why? Because if I can get my head right, the rest of me can follow suit. Healing my thoughts can lead to healing my body tonight that's why he said let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus when the apostle Paul was instructing the church in Ephesus about our daily armor one of the pieces of armor he mentions is the helmet of salvation it's not an afterthought and it's not an accident that he mentions the helmet of salvation because Paul understood that all the other armor becomes ineffective 
if we lose the battle of our mind. If we lose the battle of our mind tonight, we lose the battle. But Jesus Christ is greater than coronavirus. Isaiah 53 and 5 is greater than COVID-19. And his crown is greater than their crown. And his power is greater than their poison. And his stripes are greater than our sickness. And his healing is greater than our hurt. And I want you to understand, we don't have to leave here poisoned in our mind. There is healing and victory tonight. One thing we need to understand this evening is that we need to understand how intricately connected our minds and our hearts are. And I'll prove it to you through Scripture. In 1 Chronicles 22 and 7, it's David says to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind, notice that, in my mind to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. Six chapters later, 1 Chronicles 28 and 2, Then David the king stood upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in my heart to build a house for the Lord. Notice what David did. He said, It started as a thought in my mind, and now it is in my heart. See, that's what thoughts are. Thoughts are seeds that get planted in our mind. And then they take root in our heart. And then Jesus comes along in the New Testament and says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know why there's so much negativity in the world? Because our thoughts are negative. You know why there's so much hatred in the world? Because our thoughts are full of hatred. You know why there's so much division in the world? Because our thoughts are full of division. Because whatever I think is what I'll become. We consume so much content in our daily lives. The only thing that we consume more than content on a daily basis is oxygen. And we spend great amounts of time and money trying to consume quality air. But what what are we doing to filter our consumption of content tonight? If we worry about and work on what we consume with our lungs... Shouldn't we worry about and work on what we consume with our eyes and our ears and our minds tonight? What are we allowing to be sown into our hearts and minds? I think every once in a while we just need to turn the television off. We need to turn the news off because most of it's fake anyway. We need to turn the radio off. We need to turn that not-so-smartphone off. We need to turn social media off because I refuse to let crown poison destroy who I am and what God wants to do in my life. David, in his probably most famous chapter in the Bible, Psalms 23, David mentioned something. You may have heard this before, read it recently. But David mentions a scripture in there that most of the time we just overlook. He said, Thou anointest my head with oil. Some theologians believe that David is referencing the time that the prophet Samuel anointed him to be the next king. But if you look at Psalm 23, it's talking about a relationship between a shepherd and sheep. And, and one thing you've got to understand about these sheep, these sheep have little flies that fly around their head. They torment sheep. 
They, they'll land in their eyes, they'll land on their nose and their ears, and, and they'll get in the ear canals and the nasal passages, and, and they'll lay eggs, and, and those eggs will hatch, and the little worms, the, the larvae, will crawl around literally inside the sheep's head and will torment the sheep as, to the point that some sheep have been recorded as taking their head and bashing it against a rock, trying to get relief of the torment and killing themselves. And so shepherds have learned that if they'll pour oil on a sheep's head, it will lather the sheep's head and keep the flies from being able to land and lay their eggs and thus relieving the, the sheep of this tormenting flies. And tonight we don't have flies flying around our head, or I hope we don't. But we do have thoughts that are trying to penetrate our head. We have voices that are trying to speak to us. We have spirits that are trying to infiltrate our thoughts and our mind. And if we have ever needed to pray what David said, God anoint my head with oil because there are voices that are trying to distract my mind. There are thoughts that are trying to destroy my mind. And God, I need that protective power of your Holy Ghost and your Holy Anointing to cover my head and my mind and my thoughts tonight. Isaiah said he'll keep us in perfect peace whose mind stayed on thee. Jesus said love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. Paul tells the church in Romans, he said, be not conformed to this world. Now, I know we apostolics want to use this as a, a way of telling people how, you know, we need to watch how we dress and speak and where we go. And yes, I believe in all those things, but that's not what Paul's talking about here. Because he says, here's how you, here's how you uh, don't let yourself be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, the world's desire in the year 2021 is for us to think like they think. They want us to believe what they believe. And if we don't accept the what they believe, they want to label us as racists and haters and bigots. They want us to believe like they believe. But Paul said it a long time ago. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then he tells the church in Ephesians, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Then he tells the church in Philippians, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He tells the church in Romans, he said, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Paul is doing nothing but practicing an Old Testament scripture. Because Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's why Paul said, I think myself happy. I may be shipwrecked. I may be snake bitten. I may be in a prison cell with chains on my hands and my feet. But my mind doesn't have to follow suit with what's going around me. I can choose to think myself happy. And if you could understand the power of your thoughts, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. Think yourself out of your problem. Think yourself out of your situation. 
That's what the woman of the issue of blood said. That's what she did. Twelve years, her body had been wrecked with pain, suffering. She spent 12 years isolated from family and friends. Her body is weak, but her mind was still sharp. Because she said within herself. That's just a fancy way of saying she thought. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She didn't speak that audibly. She thought it in her mind. And when she thought it, it already happened in the natural, in the spiritual. Why? Because whatever you think is what's going to happen in your life. And before that weak, anemic hand reached up and touched the master's robe, she already thought herself whole. She already thought herself healed. I wonder tonight... How many people, before you ever take a step for the altar physically, if you would take a step in your mind and say, tonight is my night, I'm going to be healed, I'm going to be delivered, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to get loosed, I'm going to be free in my mind tonight. Look at the prodigal son. Knee deep in muck and mire. Surrounded by pigs. His, he done lost his flip-flops in the mud a long time ago. His clothes are tattered and torn. He, his family rings in the pawn shop. His right guards already went left. He's a mess. But you know what wasn't a mess? His mind. Because he thought to himself, how many people in my daddy's house have it better than me. And here I am living with pigs. I need to get back to my father's house. And before he ever pulled his feet out of the muck and mire, before he ever jumped over the pig pen fence, before he ever started his long journey back to daddy's house, in his mind, he was already out of the pig pen. And I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. You may be a prodigal. You may be a backslider. You may just be in a pig pen of mess. You may be in a pig pen of regret. You may be in a pig pen of hurt. You you may be in a pig pit of addiction and sin if you'll think yourself out of it tonight before you ever even make a way to an altar you can think yourself tonight and say I'm changing my stinking thinking I'm going to change the way I think and God's going to change who I am tonight Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 2 be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us as the day of Christ is at hand. Paul warned us 2,000 years ago that when the day of Christ is at hand, the first thing he warns us is don't be soon shaken in mind. That's why there's going to be a falling away. That's why there's going to be some that aren't going to make it. Because they're going to have their minds shaken. They're going to look the part. They're going to act the part. They're going to be faithful to the house of God. But their minds are going to be so disturbed that they're not going to make it. And I don't know if you can tell by the way the news is going. I don't know if you can tell by what's going on in the Middle of East. But God is coming soon for his church. And we've got to make sure our minds are right. We've got to make sure our thinking is right tonight. He says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God has not given us spirit of fear. If you're operating in the fear tonight, you're not operating in the gifting of God. But He's not given us fear, but He's given us power. Power 
to love right, to live right, to look right, to act right, to think right. Power, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And of love, you don't think this world needs more love? I'm so sick of the division and hatred in our world. We need more love. And then he said, and a sound mind. I believe tonight that those three things, power, love, and a sound mind, can absolutely change the world that we're living in. I think those three things can usher in the greatest move of God, the greatest revival, and the greatest harvest that we have ever seen. But we've got to cast fear to the side, and we've got to say, God, baptize me with your love and your power, and let me have a sound mind. Paul says in Philippians 4 and 8, Finally, brethren, and I concur with him. Finally, brethren, I'm done preaching. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You know what the problem is, though? For the last year, We've been thinking on those things. We've been thinking on what CNN and Fox News tells us. We've been thinking about what social media has told us. We've been thinking about what Dr. Fauci is telling us. We're thinking on those things. And Paul said, think on these things. Because there is a Christ in our crisis tonight. There's a Savior in our circumstance. There's hope in our hopelessness. There's peace in this pandemic. There's strength for our struggle. There's purpose in our pain. And there's a reason to worship right in the middle of our worry because Jesus Christ has defeated coronavirus. Jesus Christ has defeated crown poison. And we do not have to walk out of here the same way we walked in. I want us to do something different tonight. I know a lot of times we do altar calls and we single things out. If you've never repented, come. If you've never been baptized, come. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, come. If, you're, if you've grown cold, you've backslid, come. And, and yes, if, if you're any of those things, yes, we want you to come tonight. I'm not trying to diminish those things. But a lot of times we come and we, we'll bring other requests. We'll pray for other people because we're taught not to be selfish. But tonight... I want us to be spiritually selfish. I, I don't want you praying for anybody else tonight. I don't want you praying for your spouse, your children, your pastor. Uh, I don't want you praying for a financial blessing or a healing or a miracle or revival or, or prodigals to come home because the truth is if we don't get our minds right, none of that other stuff's going to come, come true either. It all starts with us getting our minds right. So what I want us to do tonight, I want us, and, and you can come to the altar, you can sit where you're at, you can kneel where you're at, you can walk around, you can stand, whatever you feel comfortable. I just want us to find a place of prayer, a posture of prayer. And let's turn this entire place tonight into a prayer room. And I want us to pray this prayer. God, touch my mind, touch my thoughts, and touch my heart. Because there is an attack on our minds. 
There is a battle. Just because we're, we're not fighting in the, the old days of war when they battled for crowns, there's a battle for the crown tonight. There's a battle for our minds tonight. There's, there's an all-out attack for the enemy trying to destroy our minds and because he understands that when it starts in our minds, if he can destroy our minds, everything else will follow suit. My marriage, my, my, me will follow, my family, my marriage will follow, my finances, my spiritual world, everything follows suit with what my mind does. And I'm not an end-time prophecy guy. Revelation and Daniel, a lot of times, it sounds like somebody ate pizza right before they went to bed and had nightmares. But there is a scripture that talks about he will wear down the saints. And if you study that, down, that out, that's not just a physical wearing down. That is a mental wearing down. And that is exactly what has been happening this last year. The enemy is trying to wear us down, not just physically, but mentally. He's trying to distract us. He's trying to discourage us. He's trying to deceive us. He's trying to poison us. He's trying to keep our minds off of the main goal. He's trying to destroy us from the inside out. So I want us all right now, from front to back, side to side, I want us to find a place to pray. God, touch our minds tonight. God, touch my mind and touch my thoughts. Touch my heart. God, there's an incorruptible crown that I want to attain. There's a crown of righteousness. There's a crown of life and a crown of glory. But I won't receive it, Lord, if I let crown poison Destroy my mind tonight. God, don't let me be gripped with fear because fear and faith cannot coexist. I want to operate in faith and not fear. God, as evil men and seducers wax worse and worse and deceptions on an all-time high, God, help me to guard my mind tonight. God, that crown of thorns that you took on your head, that crown of poison you took from my crown poison, I take that healing, God. I claim that healing. I claim that victory tonight. Let this mind be in me that's also in you, Jesus. God, because what I think will be a seed in my mind that will take root in my heart and will become fruit out of my mouth, God, help me to change my thinking tonight. God, anoint my head with oil. Protect my mind from the voices of the adversary, from the lies of the adversary, from the thoughts of the adversary tonight. God, help me to stay in perfect peace as my mind is stayed on you. Help me to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. God, don't let me be conformed to this world, but let me be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Let me be renewed in the spirit of my mind. God, let the peace that passeth all understanding keep my heart and mind. Let me be fully persuaded in my mind for as I think in my heart so will I be God I choose to think myself happy I choose to think myself holy I choose to think myself healed I choose to think myself victorious tonight God don't let me be soon shaken in mind as your coming is so near but God don't let me have a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind God, let me think on things that are true and honest and just and pure 
and lovely and of a good report and virtuous and praiseworthy. God, help me to think on these things tonight. God, help me to keep my mind on you when the enemy tries to attack me from within. God, guard my mind. Guard my thoughts tonight. Come on, pray right now. Come on, if you understand how important your thoughts are tonight, if you could grab a hold of how powerful your thoughts are tonight, don't be destroyed from the inside out. Don't be destroyed from your mind and your thoughts. Don't let crown poison destroy who you are tonight. God, give us a victory in our minds. Give us victory in our thoughts. Give us healing in our minds. Give us healing in our thoughts tonight. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you, and have a blessed day.